see? And this is what you call double cover. I'm very honored uh, to be here uh, with you. I have known Rabbi Jamie Callan and uh, Rabbi uh, David uh, Rudolph for many, many years. Uh, I think I may have driven, uh, well, I know I drove through Virginia. I don't, I don't believe I drove through Richmond, but th this is my first time uh, here, and I'm very honored and blessed to be here. Uh, I led a Messianic Jewish synagogue in El Paso for 12 years, and uh, after that for several years, I filled in at different Messianic Jewish synagogues, filled in in a couple of uh, churches, filled in at a Hispanic church for about uh, two years, and then I traveled uh, all over uh, the United States filling in at synagogues in Seattle, California, uh, Florida. And uh, I led Lev Hashem for 11 uh, years. It was uh, a wonderful 11 years. It was the hardest uh, decision that I made that had to do with spiritual uh, leadership. And I... Uh, uh, had spoken to several rabbis in leadership within the Union of Messianic Jewish Congregations and also within the Messianic Jewish Alliance of uh, America that, you know, I, would, um, I was getting to an age where I'd like to bring a younger rabbi, family, and uh, I did that for about two to four years, and it seemed like there was uh, no one uh, available. And uh, finally, their advice was, Shmuel, go ahead and uh, retire, announce your retirement, and do what you used to do. There is real need for someone to fill in uh, allow for some space, a transition uh, period of, uh, uh, of time. And uh, I always uh, loved uh, the travel and appreciated being in several of our uh, Messianic uh, Jewish congregations. And I appreciate the invitation. I've been uh, staying with uh, David and uh, Mary uh, Haller in their home. Thank you. Thank you for your hospitality. They have been just really special. Let me just uh, open uh, with uh, a word of prayer. Uh, Robert mentioned that I had been a believer since I was uh, 15. And um, my daddy died when I was uh, 10 years old. My mother had been a believer for several years. There wasn't a modern Messianic Jewish movement at the time. And when my daddy found out that my mother had come to believe, at that time it was uh, Jesus, uh, he was really upset. And uh, he told my mother, if, if this Jesus stuff is going to make you happy, okay, that's your business, but not 
for our children. And I don't want to hear that you're taking our children to a church. My mother uh, was very submissive, but not obedient. <laughs> and invariably he would find out that she was not only going to church, but she was taking us to church. Uh, after he died, I just couldn't bring myself to accept or to believe that Yeshua was the Messiah or, or the uh, Son of God. But I just had a feeling that he was. And uh, I felt as soon as I come to believe that, I know I'm going to end up in spiritual leadership. And I felt that pastors, evangelists, missionaries, rabbis, they didn't know anything about horses or cattle. They didn't know anything about uh, guns or sports. And always, even like uh, still today, oftentimes people in spiritual uh, leadership are depicted as being, uh, there's a term that is used in Arkansas, they are either odd-turned or funny-turned. And I thought, if I come to faith in Yeshua, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be like one of those, odd-turned and funny-turned. And I am. <laughs> <laughs> Abba, thank you for the honor and the privilege of uh, allowing me to be here at the synagogue. What a beautiful, what a Jewish-looking synagogue is here in uh, Richmond. And thank you for the people who are here and who have been here uh, for many years and new people uh, I'm sure. I ask, oh God, that you anoint me and that uh, I bring a message of life and truth, a message of love, a message of encouragement. And uh, it would be easy for me to assume that everyone here is a believer in, in Yeshua, that they have experience the entry of your love, but I pray that in the event there would be someone here who has never come to faith in who Yeshua and who Jesus really is, that today would be a day of change, experience, encounter with the living God. May everything be for your honor and for your glory. B'Shem Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen. If you would uh, turn with me to Devarim, the book of Deuteronomy, Devarim chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6, beginning at verse uh, number 4. Devarim. Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, Adonai our God, Adonai is one. 
And you are to love Adonai your God with all your heart, all your being, and with all your resources. These words which I am ordering you today are to be on your heart, and you are to teach them carefully to your children. You are to talk about them when you sit at home, when you are traveling uh, on the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them on your hand as a sign and put them at the front of a headband around your forehead and write them on the door frames of your house and on your gates. <clears throat> My daddy had uh, not been sick. He was 55 years old and he called me to his bed, put his arm around me and uh, for the most part, as I was growing up, I was called Sammy. And when I was in some kind of trouble, they called me Samuel. And when I was in serious trouble, I remember being called Shmuel. And on this particular night, my Abba called me Shmuel, come over here. And he put his arm around me and kissed me and he said, God is going to take me away real soon. You do your best to take care of your mother and your two sisters. They were younger than me. And he said, uh, don't ever forget, uh, you be a good, a nice Jewish boy. And he prayed, he declared, he stated, Shema Yisrael, Adonai Loheinu, Adonai Echad. That's a statement. It's a declaration. There's also a command that is associated in that statement. And the command is you are to love God with all your heart, spirit, in the area of faith, in the area of conscience. And you are to love God with all your soul, emotions, and personality. And you are to love God with all your mind, with your intellect. And we'll read that in the book of Mordechai, the book of Mark, chapter 12. And you are to love God with all your resources, with your strength with your presence at synagogue. You know, the Shabbat is a public convocation. There are things that we do uh, on the Shabbat in our homes, but it is also a public gathering. Uh, I recently met some people that stayed home from Rosh Hashanah, and it is one of the major biblical festivals, and they said we just felt we should observe it privately in our home. And certainly there are things that we can do at all of the festivals in our homes, but these are also public convocations. And you are to love God with all your resources, with all your money. Put your money where your mouth is. We say we love God with all our heart, soul, but oftentimes, as soon as we hear the rabbi or any kind of a preacher start talking about money, that we start thinking, 
That's all that religion is about. Well, it's a whole lot more than just uh, money. I led uh, Lev Hashem for 11 years. We had a tzedakah box, and, and I see that you all have a box where you place your tithes and your offerings, and I prefer that when we give our tithes and offering, that is the way that uh, we should do it. That's more, I, I feel, of, of a Jewish way insofar as giving of our, uh, of, of our offerings. And part of the mitzvah of loving God has to do with that 10%. Uh, if, if all the people in the synagogue loved God so much and if they were obedient to God in the 10% faithful giving to God, we would be able to take care of our widows, our orphans, those that sometimes meet financial distress, whether it is a result of illness or job loss, whatever the circumstance, we would be able to help each other and also be supportive of Israel and loving God with everything, not just the 10%, but there are special offerings that we give at some of these biblical uh, festivals. In Devarim chapter 7, beginning at verse 6, we just read from chapter 6, beginning at verse 4, and so I'd like for us to turn to uh, the next uh, chapter, chapter 7, verse number 6. Rather, it was because Adonai loved you and because he wanted to keep the oath which he had sworn to your ancestors, Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, that Adonai brought you out with a strong hand and redeemed you from a life of slavery under the hand of Paro, king of Mitzrayim, king of Egypt. From this you can know that Adonai, your God, is indeed God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and extends grace, Hanan, or Hen, and to those who love him, to those who love him. Do you love God? Do you really love God? Do I really love a God? And to their face and destroys them but he repays those who hate him to their face and destroys them. He will not be slow to deal with someone who hates him. He will repay him to his face. I believe that uh, we are touching on the realm of what is uh, being referred to as the end of days, end times, that the coming of the Messiah is coming a whole lot sooner than what we realize. There are things that have to do with the coming of the Messiah that we see beginning to shape. There are uh, a lot of stabbings that are taking place in Israel. And one of the reasons is because there are people like Rabbi Glick who is trying to lead 
Jews to the Temple Mount so that they can freely pray there. And of course, Islam is raising its head against this. They believe that that is the third most holy place to them, and we believe that this is the Holy Temple Mount. This is where the third temple will be rebuilt and that Jews should have the right to go up and pray and under Israeli control, Christian people would be free to go up to the Holy Mount to, to pray. And so there, have been, there has been an insurrection that results in the stabbing of innocent people, innocent people being shot. And just uh, this last Wednesday, something took place in San Bernardino, uh, about 30 miles to the south is uh, Beth Shalom. Rabbi Rene Block and his son Robert Block are the rabbis of uh, Beth Shalom in Corona. It's about 30 miles from where San Bernardino is. And uh, I think this is the first time that I have been aware that there was a former Baptist minister who was shot and killed by an Islamist that he had worked with. There had been relationship for at least uh, five years and that uh, there was a discussion, a debate about Christmas, about Yeshua being the Messiah, the Son of God, and this former Baptist uh, minister uh, was leading a Messianic Jewish work. I had never heard of him, and I sent Rabbi Joshua Brumbach and also Robert and Renee an email asking if they had had any contact with this uh, man. They may have already uh, emailed me, but I haven't uh, checked my emails to see if they had any contact or if we should be in touch with them. I've been living in the holy city of Las Vegas for the last 11 years, so we would be around 250, 260 miles from uh, San, Berna, uh, San Bernardino. And since I retired from spiritual congregational leadership four months ago, I have made seven round trip uh, trips uh, into the LA area. So I, I go within 10 or 15 miles from uh, San Bernardino uh, pretty regularly. I had never heard of this man. And so I was uh, emailing them to see if maybe we should have some contact, if there would be any way that we, would, we could be of support and encouragement. From what I understand, in the Middle East, at least 200,000 Christian people have been shot, beheaded, and crucified. And in the book of Matit Yahu, chapter uh, 24, in Mark, chapter th uh, 13, and in the book of Luke, uh, there are signs that speak 
of, uh, of God's love. There are signs that speak of end times. And, uh, you know, I noticed that the synagogue building is uh, very obviously a look of synagogue. And uh, I would certainly encourage all of us to be aware and to be alert. And I am not promoting uh, gun carry. I am not promoting gun control. I don't feel that this is just totally a political issue. I think there is a moral dimension. And uh, remember Peter drew the sword from the Roman soldier. Why did he draw a Roman soldier's sword? Because the Roman army had deprived the Jew of defending, protecting his land and protecting himself. So be aware that these are some of the events that are taking place in the last days. And I sure don't speak of that to instill any kind of a fear within the body of uh, believers. The scriptures say perfect love casts out fear. So uh, because of our love for God, our love for his word, our love for God's house, and our love for our families, let's be aware and let's be alert. There was an incident that also took place in Oregon where this uh, dude uh, shot and killed uh, several people and he first went up to someone and asked them, are you a Christian? And this person said yes and he shot her in the head. And then he went to another person and asked them, are you a Christian? I think this person understood if I say yes, he's going to shoot me too. And he said, yes, I am. And he shot him in the head. And other people he shot either in the legs or in the bodies, but anyone else. And there were several who said, yes, I am a Christian. And there were several killed. We are living in days where indeed... And this man's wife, the Baptist minister that uh, was into Messianic Judaism, uh, she said, I definitely believe and feel that my husband was a martyr for his faith, his trust in Yeshua. And do we love God enough that we will not deny him even in the face of death because we love God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, and with all our strength. And here in this scripture, you know, it speaks of God's grace, it speaks of God's faithfulness, and it speaks of God's love in Devarim and also uh, Devarim 6 and also in Deuteronomy chapter 7. Would you please turn to the book of Mark chapter 12. 
the book of Mark or the book of Mordecai, chapter uh, 12. I'm reading from the complete uh, Jewish Bible that was uh, mainly written, edited, and uh, worked through by Dr. David Stern. He was one of the first Messianic Jews that I ever made, uh, that I ever uh, met, and uh, he's been in Israel probably for the last 30 years with his wife, uh, Martha, and uh, boy, he is one of the pioneers within this modern Messianic uh, Jewish movement. Now, some of the context has to do with uh, some people, Pharisees, Sadducees, Torah teachers, and they asked uh, Yeshua, who's, who's really going to be uh, in the resurrection? Who's going to be in heaven? There was a man who was married uh, to a woman, and he died, and she was a widow, and uh, by the Torah, she uh, should... Uh, Mary, uh, this man's uh, brother, and uh, there, were, uh, there was another br uh, brother, and he died also, and then there was another brother, and he died also. Altogether, all there were seven brothers who married this woman, and uh, they all died. That was, that's part of, uh, that was part of, of Jewish tradition. Now, I love and appreciate uh, tradition, but I think if I would have been the third or fourth brother that was supposed to marry this woman, I think I would have said, I'm going to forget tradition. Uh, I'm not going to keep this uh, tradition. And then the question, well, which one of these men are going to be her brother in the kingdom of heaven? And Yeshua's response you know, marriage is not going to be the same, or maybe it's not even going to be in the kingdom of, of heaven. Uh, over the years that I have lived, uh, I have uh, uh, counsel, I've, uh, I've been married, and I've seen a lot of marriages where there's a lot, there's a lot of love, face-to-face, breast-to-breast, knee-to-knee. And the communication and uh, the marital uh, intimacy and, uh, uh, you know, the provision, the protection, a lot of love. But I've also seen a lot of marriages where there isn't a lot of love. And even where there is a lot of love, there can be testings, there can be real challenges within the context of mishpacha the context of uh, a family. And so if it's so difficult uh, here, maybe Yeshua is thinking, why, why bring some of the, the testing and the trial of what that has been? Of course, in heaven, no doubt it wouldn't be that way, but uh, you, you've gone through enough of this on earth. And, uh, and besides that, the Sadducees at that time really did not believe in miracles and they uh, did not believe in the resurrection. And so Yeshua uh, brings this and the wisdom of his answer astounded the Pharisees and the Sadducees. 
And then in verse uh, number uh, 28, one of the Torah teachers came up, heard them engaged in this discussion, and seeing that Yeshua answered them well, and that means he answered wisely. He answered with a sense of humor. He answered correctly, and he asked him, which is most important of all the commandments? Is this commandment, you know, marrying seven different uh, brothers, is this the most important one? And which is the most important mitzvah? And Yeshua, Yeshua answered, the most important is, Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. He goes back to what God had given to Moshe. In the book of Yohanan, chapter 5, beginning at verse number 47, Yeshua is saying, uh, you know, if you, you, know, you had Moses and uh, you didn't believe in him or you did believe in him, if you do believe in him or you don't believe in him, how are you going to believe what Moses said because he spoke of me? I don't know that I've ever really heard a teaching from a, a Christian context about that. And if you don't believe in what Moshe said, how is it that you're going to believe in what I say? And here, Yeshua goes back to what God gave to Moshe. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Echad, unity, oneness. And you are to love Adonai your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your understanding, and with all your strength. Love God with all your heart, spirit, faith, conscious. You are to love God with all your soul, personality, emotions, love. Give to him your reserve, your reservations. Give him your fears. Love God even within the context of anger. Scripture says, says, be angry, but don't sin. Isn't there also a righteous indignation as to what is taking place against Christian people, against our Jewish people? Uh, I mentioned that I grew up in, in El Paso. My daddy was uh, involved in ranching with three of his uh, Jewish friends. And we had family that was part of, uh, uh, of the ranch. And my daddy was also involved with one of his brothers in a hardware business in Isleta. Is there anyone here that has ever heard of Isleta, Texas? You have, how did you hear about Isleta? You grew up in El Paso? You used to live there? What part of El Paso? The, the drive-in theater? Yes, I know, I know where that is. Now, did you go to school there? 
Okay, great. Wow, there's someone here from El, El Paso. Uh, Isleta is part of El Paso, and it's the oldest town in the state of Texas. It's considered probably the oldest town in the United States next to what St. Augustine, Florida claims. It was settled by Spaniards. Both my parents were born in uh, Mexico, and they came into the United States. That's, that's where they met in, in El Paso, and that's where I grew up. Isleta would be around 15, 16 miles from the downtown area of El Paso, about a mile from uh, the Mexican border, and that's uh, where I spent a lot of my growing up years as well. And uh, here in this uh, portion of uh, Scripture, you are to love God with all your heart. And I started hearing about Yeshua uh, when I was probably six, seven years old. My mother, I, I mentioned, had come to faith uh, in the Messiah. There wasn't a modern Messianic Jewish movement, and it was through a four-square church. The pastor of that church was really uh, into sports, a great athlete. I understand that I'm in uh, redskin country. I am a die-in-the-wool Dallas Cowboy fan. <laughs> My son said, Abba, I hope you get out of there alive. He's uh, 30 years old, uh, single, good-looking, and uh, boy, he's been a good son to me and also uh, his, his mother. And uh, I said all of that just to give a little bit of uh, a background and to talk about God's love. Now, uh, I've been staying at the home of David and Mary met with uh, some leadership last night and, and tonight. We have another uh, scheduled uh, meeting, not just with Shamashim or Skenim, but uh, also with some of the uh, other people who carry responsibilities here at the synagogue, and uh, we'll be meeting together for uh, a good time uh, today. And I kept thinking after hearing some of the history of this synagogue, Abba, what would you have me to share? What would you have me to preach on? And it just kept coming uh, uh, to me. Preach on Ahava. Preach on God's love. And how we are to love God with all our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength. And then it says you are to love your neighbor as yourself. And that has to do with loving each other, loving each other, ahava, ahavot, loving each other with God's love. And I'm wondering uh, right now, uh, do you think some of you could just turn to two or three people and just say, I love you. And, and don't say, I love you in the Lord. 
Don't say, I love you because God commands me to love you. Because it's possible for people to say, I love you, but I don't like you. <laughs> Just say, I love you to one another. Now, I did not say, and it seems to me maybe some of you uh, took it a little too far. <laughs> you shook hands with each other. I noticed several people got up and went over to each other and hugged each other. And that's some of what normally and naturally should take place when there's the love of God in this place. There's a, a song, Oh, I love you with the love of the Lord. Yes, I love you with the love of the Lord. I can see in you the glory of my King, and I love you with the love of the Lord. Yes, I love you with the love of the Lord. Yes, I love you with the love of the Lord. I can see in you the glory of my King, and I love you with the love of the Lord. I think... Uh, With uh, some of what I know uh, about the synagogue, and no one told me, uh, Shmuel, preach on love. That's one of the things we need the most in this synagogue. There's no love. No one said anything like that. And with some of what you all have been through, that's God's love. And God's love is faithful. He is faithful to his word. He loves his word, and he's committed to Israel. And in God's word, Scripture says, I love Israel. I love the Jew. Not because you were more than other people, and within that culture that had to do with big cities, walled cities, large populations and big armies. He says, I loved you, and you were fewest in number. Or in other words, it was like he was saying, I love you, and you were just as bad as everyone else. But I love you because I choose to love you, and we choose to love God because he first 
loved us. And we also choose to love one another because God loves your brother and sister. And yeah, you know, the, in 1 Corinthians it says, love is patient. Continue to be patient and loving towards one another. When, uh, when I retired from Lev Hashem, and boy, that was the toughest decision that I think I've ever made that had to do with uh, spiritual leadership. Uh, I loved the congregation that God gave me, and they loved me. Part of my philosophy had been never have to leave a synagogue when you want to leave. If you're going to leave, leave when you don't want to leave. Never have to leave a synagogue as a result of people wanting you to leave. Always try to leave while people want you to stay. Try not to ever leave a synagogue as a result of conflict or problems. Always try to leave while there's that love, that grace, while things are going well. And sometimes I've known of pastors and I've known of rabbis that had to leave as a result of conflict and problems. It was like they really had no other choice. They didn't want to leave, but there was so much conflict and division and strife. Always try to leave as you sense God closing the door and God opening another door. And uh, I just felt it, it's time for me to pursue this venue of traveling, of being in different synagogues, filling in at a synagogue where maybe, you know, the, the rabbi had a, a, a moral problem and I've, I have filled in at a couple of synagogues where there was an immoral situation within a, a leadership. Fill in there, fill in at a place where maybe the rabbi has died. Rabbi Barry Budoff was at Ahavat Sion in uh, Beverly Hills for about 12 or 13 years and uh, then he moved over to the Chicago area, uh, Lake Bluff, led a Messianic Jewish synagogue uh, there for about 12 or 13 years by the name of B'nai Maccabim. And he died very suddenly. Uh, he was at home. They had just finished their Ediv Shabbat uh, of blessings. And at the end of one of the blessings, he just went, and he was dead. Paramedics got there within five, seven minutes. They did everything they could to revive him, to try to keep him alive. He was a good friend of mine. He died July 25th, more than a year ago. And so I was there for the fall festivals. That was one of the first places that I went to after retiring from the congregation that was so good to me. They, they loved me. I loved them. There was, there was a love. People would come to the synagogue and, and they would exclaim, 
oh, we feel such a welcoming spirit, such a uh, a loving uh, spirit. And thank God, every year that I was there, there was growth that took place. When, When I first went there, they had five spiritual leaders. They fired every one of them. I was not naive when I I went there, and I knew it would take two or three years to stabilize, heal. You know, there was a lot of hurt and strife and mistrust and and, and, uh, division. And after two or three years, uh, things began to stabilize. And it has to do with God's love. And so I go to B'nai Maccabim and their rabbi, whom they loved and respected and honored. Just like that, he dies. And uh, been without a rabbi for a year. And they were as loving and as welcoming to me. I needed that love. I was missing the congregation that I led for 11 years. And they were as comforting to me as what they indicated I was to them. We needed each other. And with what is going on in the world, do y'all love each other so much that you'll hang in there? You'll stick it out even when there is the surface of false teachings and false doctrines. And when that begins uh, to surface and And I've shared with some people, listen, if you believe that way and you can keep it to yourself, fine. But most of the time they don't keep it to themselves. And so for the love of the congregation, for the love of oneness and unity, and for the love of this unique vision that God has given to us, Within Messianic Judaism, it is like there's a remnant. And for the love of that unity and that oneness, I have found over the, over the years, most of the time these people cannot keep their doctrine quiet or still. And for the sake of the love of God, and listen, heresy, in the book of uh, Matit Yahu, one of the signs for these last days, false prophets. You know what false prophets teach? False doctrine. Be firm, be loving. It would be better for you to move on. Go somewhere else. Be firm in that love for each other. And then being uh, in spiritual leadership for more than 50 uh, years, one of the things that I have learned is you never go wrong when you build up your leaders. Pray for your leaders, bless them, love them, appreciate them, Take care of them. Check on their finances regularly. Check with them about prayer concerns and prayer needs. And listen, you are blessed in this synagogue 
to have someone by the name of David. Beloved. I love you, David. Yeah. And Sonia, you guys have just been married for seven, seven months. And uh, that God is raising up from within your midst someone who has a call of God on his life. Do you know, uh, uh, I, I checked with the rabbis two to four years. Uh, find someone that would make a good fit for Lev Hashem, that uh, Lev Hashem would be good for them as well. And there, was, there is a dearth. It, it is my generation. Do you all know how, how old I am? I'm 172 years old. I, I, I share that, you know, especially like, you know, when I, I go for a, a doctor's checkup or, or something and uh, the nurse is there and, and I'll say to the nurse, uh, do you know how old I am? They'll look at me, oh, about 60, 65, and, and I'll tell her, no, I'm 172. And if they're really quick, they will say, wow, you look good for 172. <laughs> but in the years that I have been involved in spiritual leadership, I have learned, be supportive of your leadership. Love them, trust them, pray for them, and be in prayer God's timing for uh, this young man. I spoke to him the other night, and boy, I just could really tell. Uh, this young man is sincere. He's not only sincere, he's serious about God's call on his life. And I pray that as God's timing and God's will takes place, that as a result of not only loving, love your rabbi. Not only loving him, but also love his wife. And as you love them and you love each other, it will be the love of God that keeps that oneness and that unity, that keeps that joy and that happiness. I, I appreciated the liturgy, the praise, and uh, the worship. Uh, I've been in several synagogues already in the last four months, and each synagogue is unique and uh, special. The, the styles, some of the same tradition, but nonetheless in, in kind of a, a different way. And as you love each other and you love God, and then the Scripture says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love yourself. You know, if you don't love yourself, how can you love other people? If you don't love yourself, how can you really love God? And that doesn't mean to be full of pride or conceit. You know, uh, 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 David, uh, there, there's a scripture where she was talking, call no man rabbi, call an, a no man reverend. And that has to do with anyone who, whose identity is just in the title, in the term 
rabbi, pastor, evangelist, uh, president of the board, uh, elder. And some of these are positions, biblical positions. But a lot of times when we are so full of pride about our place, our position, our title, and that's the root of why Yeshua is also saying, don't call no man a rabbi or a reverend. It's the people who begin to call you that. It's the anointing of God that qualifies that title. And, and, and sure, these are titles of endearment, titles of respect and appreciation. But when it's like, keep your distance. You, know, you have to love me and respect me because I'm a rabbi or because I'm the president of the board. Listen, the most important title within Judaism is shamash, servant. Uh, Sunday begins the first night of Hanukkah. And the main candle that lights the other candles is the shamash candle. He lights the other candles, and that's what a rabbi does. That's what an elder does. That's what the president of the board would do. He lights that life. Light, or, means life, that spark. And I hope that if you have come here and you've never experienced the light of God's love and isn't, that one of the titles of Yeshua, light of the world. But doesn't he also says, say, you are the light of the world. And that light is not only bright, but it's hot. It's a fire. So be a fire for God's love. Love shows in your face, shows in your life. That's what love does. Would you, again, just turn two or three people and just say, I love you more. Now, I'm not, I'm not uh, going to ask anyone to bow their heads or to close their eyes, but I want to extend this invitation. If you've never come to a faith in who Yeshua and who Jesus is, uh, I'm going to ask you just focus like on the front pew or, or focus up here somewhere. But I'm going to ask you to lift up your head, look at me, and let that be a signal from you to me that says, I'm accepting, I am receiving Yeshua into my life. And let that look be that signal that's between you and me, I am receiving Yeshua. I've... Uh, there was a, a lady, Beth Emunah, in Agora Hills, 
Russian Jewish, and she had been part of that synagogue for many years, probably seven to ten years, somewhere in there. And uh, she had been part of the synagogue, helped out in things, but had never come to a personal faith where, you know, you profess, you acknowledge that Yeshua is the a Messiah. And she not only lifted her head, she stood up for the first time to say, I have believed, but I have never accepted, invited, received Yeshua into, into my life. And if you've never done that, you know, don't, uh, don't look at me unless you're looking at me to say, I am coming to that faith. I am receiving, accepting, inviting Yeshua into my life. And if you're Jewish, you don't stop being Jewish. And if you're not Jewish, you don't have to become Jewish to accept or to believe that Jesus, that Yeshua is the Son of God, the Messiah of Israel. It is in him that we have our hope. And why don't you just look at me to say, yes, I am accepting, I am receiving him. Thank you, sir. And thank you, ma'am. Thank you. God bless you. Yep. And thank you, ma'am. And thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you also. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Yeah, thank you. And as you look at me, it's like you are saying, I'm accepting, I'm receiving Yeshua into my life. And the scripture says that when two people agree, it's done, it happens, it takes place. And you're looking at me also, uh, receiving, accepting who Yeshua is, you also God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And it could be that there were some of you that responded uh, to this. Uh, you've already, but it, maybe you've never done it in quite this way, or maybe you have accepted him, but you're coming back. It's a rededication. Isn't that what, it, isn't that what Hanukkah is about? a renewal, a rededication of faith. Abba, thank you. Thank you for several people who have responded to, to this invitation. And we not only receive you and accept you, but we have heard the knock. And we have said, come in. Come into my life. Change me. Shem Yeshua. Amen. Thank you, God, for your presence in this place. It's not only the building, it's the people who bring your presence into this facility. Bless David and Sonia. 
Bless the leadership of this synagogue. Anoint them, prosper them, keep them in good health. We establish the authority of your blood over our lives and over this place. We thank you for the authority of your word, the authority and the power of your Ruach HaKodesh. B'Shem Yeshua. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for, for having me uh, here for this weekend. Too.